Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the program. Always great to do our monthly check-in with Ryan McCready of the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. It really gives us some uh, insight into the intricacies of economic development and all the things that go into trying to bring businesses here, boost job creation, etc. Ryan McCready is joining us today remotely as he takes part in a conference on the uh, area of site selection and how that plays into economic development. So that's where we're going to start this afternoon. Ryan McCready, as always, welcome back to the program. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jim. Well, tell us a bit about this uh, this conference you're attending and what what your takeaway is so far as it pertains to site selection efforts and the uh, the quest to to bring companies in and try to get them to locate here in the Springfield area. Sure, I'm attending. I'm in Richmond, Virginia, attending what's called the Site Selectors Guild. This is an organization of about 50 of the country's top site selectors. Now, site selectors are consultants that companies hire when they're looking to find a location for their operations. So if we make a good relationship with any one site selector, then we get access to their entire portfolio of companies. So this is a very important group of individuals for us to get in front of and to tell the story of Springfield. So the conference just kicked off today, but you know we're talking a lot about things like the real lack of uh, quality industrial sites across the country. You know the the economic rebound that we've been in has created a a uh, uh, an amount of industrial and warehouse investment that these individuals have never seen in the past, and so they're continuing to look for good sites. There's still very positive uh, outlooks for the coming years, despite what we're hearing about inflation and interest rates. Their clients are still looking for sites. And a lot of things, you know, matter about the community, the quality of life, the community, the diversity of the community, all the things that, that we've been working on. So far, it's good to hear that we're hitting on the right topics. Uh, when you hear about demand for industrial sites and things, do you see that as a positive for us or a negative for us? Do we have facilities or space or buildings that we can put up there to compete with uh, other communities? Or are we lagging behind in that? You know, we typically have good sites and locations to submit. Um, I think that uh, looking forward, the Growth Alliance is going to work hard on what, and on my industry, we call site readiness. So maybe doing a little more preparatory work on that, maybe doing some phase one environmental analysis in advance, you know, some additional work to, to get the site ready to go. The problem you have is when a site selector calls, we might get 48 to 72 hours to respond with a site to show them. So we have to do all of our work in advance because all these things move very quickly, mainly because these things are done in high confidence so the businesses' competitors don't find out where they're trying to locate. So it's a fast game. It's a quiet game, but it's, it's one that we have to play in if we want to be successful. To what extent does uh, zoning rules, uh, particularly in the city, but perhaps also in the county or in, in other municipalities in the county, uh, to what extent does that serve as either a, an impediment or an assist in trying to land some of these sites? That issue is consistent across the country. What's important, not only just the zoning of the site, I mean, that matters, but also most communities have a comprehensive plan. Springfield and Sangamon County has one. So let's say right now there's a site that's zoned agricultural, but the comprehensive plan has already said, look, sometime in the future, the community has identified that this is going to be an industrial or commercial site in the future. So it doesn't have to be zoned specifically when they look at the site, but you have to be able to show them that there's some supporting documentation that the community has thought about this site being something different than it is today. 
Um, that's not a, a problem that's unique to Illinois or Springfield or Sangamon County. That's a common thing. It's really an issue that they're very used to handling. One other note on this, uh, I, I saw you had posted about this and posted a partial uh, agenda for the, the conference that you're at for today. And, and I saw there was a section in there talking about how, you know, it, it's easy to want to go for the, the big get, you know, the place that's going to have, you know, massive warehouse and hundreds of jobs, but that people need to be open to trying to, to lure smaller projects in as well. How does that tap into the Growth Alliance's philosophy? And are you out there dealing with selectors on uh, all different sizes of projects, big, medium, and small? Yeah, first, I want to say I'm impressed that someone looks at my social media posts because <laughs> usually, usually my kids tell me no one pays attention to that stuff, Dad. So just for the record, Jim Leach looked at it, so I know that. But um, more importantly, a lot of the talk at the conference today is, you know, there's these mega projects you see around the country, the big Amazon warehouses, these types of things. And, and those are going on, but they're kind of unicorn projects. And what they're what they're stressing is that more rural areas like Springfield and Sangamon County have just as good an opportunity to, to deliver right-sized projects for their own community. And, you know, during the conference today, they asked if anyone had any examples. So, of course, my job is to sell Springfield and Sangamon County, right? So I made sure I came up with one and talked to the group about the Emberclear uh, billion-dollar power plant that just got its construction permit and how that's located adjacent to a community of about a thousand people. And people were quite surprised by that. And I was explaining that even rural sites still have good infrastructure and can still land large projects like this. Now, we also have a lot of other projects that, that exist in the rural areas that aren't quite as big, but what they really stressed is primary investment matters. And what that means is every investment kind of has a snowballing effect for the next project that comes along. So you have to make sure you're getting every size project, that you're telling the story and that you're celebrating it and that your community celebrates it too. Well, that's a great segue into the next uh, section I wanted to talk about here. Ryan McCready's with the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. And one of the things I know you've been very uh, busy and very involved in uh, are a number of different energy-related projects, Emberclear being one of them, the Double Black Diamond Solar Farm. Uh, so give us a little bit of an update on those projects, where they stand yeah. right now. Are things progressing according to, to plan and according to the timeline? i tell you, these projects both are full speed ahead. The Double Black Diamond Solar... Uh, is watching the harvest. Now, the harvest matters because they can't have a groundbreaking until we get the get the crops out. But right now, it looks like sometime near the end of October, they are prepared to do a groundbreaking, weather permitting and harvest permitting. But they are full speed ahead on that project, and it's going to start right away. Uh, same with Emberclear. Uh, the development team on Emberclear is moving forward with meetings and planning. And once they got that construction permit, that really was a shot in the arm for that project. Uh, we hope to see... A groundbreaking on that also either late 22 or early 23. Um, so that, that's going to be just by itself nearly $2 billion in private investment and in energy supply. And we all know that's becoming a bigger factor for businesses and residents. So they, uh, these are all two, two projects I will talk about quite a bit when given the chance over the next few days here at this conference. Despite uh, Emberclear getting the permit, we know there's been a bit of a backlash from environmental groups. Uh, they have raised some concerns about the potential environmental impact of this plant. Also, a lot of talk right now about another project that's in the works here locally, an underground uh, CO2 pipeline that is uh, planned to run through Sangamon County on its way to Christian County and Taylorville. And Sangamon County has recently uh, sought to intervene in that 
permitting process raise some concerns about the potential environmental impact of that? To what extent are you involved in those issues, and, and how do you balance the economic opportunity on one hand with the potential environmental impact on the other? All right, so the Amber Clear project specifically, I mean, the Growth Alliance was handily involved in moving that forward. And the way we remain sensitive to environmental issues is we let the regulatory agency do the work they need to do and respect what they're doing. So the Illinois EPA thoroughly reviewed the Amberclear project, and this project met or exceeded all the environmental standards. So I, everybody has opinions about projects. I respect that. I respect those folks that have those opinions. But I'm not an environmental expert, but the ones at the Illinois EPA, I believe, are. And they gave this their thumbs up to move forward. On the CO2 pipeline project, that's something that the county a government really has been taking the lead on that. Um, you're right, Jim, that's a complicated issue. Uh, we interact with what are private property rights on that, environmental concerns, safety concerns. Um, I do have some experience with CO2 sequestration projects. Decatur has one of the largest in the world over there that's been ongoing for a long period of time. And I was involved with ADM on that project. So uh, the reason Central Illinois is a focal point for that is because what's called the Mount Simon Formation. It's a geological formation about a mile below the surface of the earth that is very, very unique. And that's what makes uh, Central Illinois a, a, a prime place for those types of activities. But I am sure the county, county board members are going to do everything they need to do to look out for their constituents on that project. So the Growth Alliance hasn't taken a position one way or the other on that particular CO2 pipeline project? No, we've not. We've not been uh, closely involved with that. We're aware of it, but I believe the the pipeline company is, is working through with some other groups on, on that project. A couple of other quick odds and ends, Ryan, before we let you go. Uh, we got the chance to talk last week with Chris Richmond of Moving Pillsbury Forward to get an update uh, mm -hmm. on that project there. From your perspective with the Growth Alliance, uh, how are things moving and what are the uh, prospects uh, for some movement and potentially some future development at the Pillsbury site? I tell you, things are moving along really rapidly at Pillsbury, the former Pillsbury site. The phase two environmental analysis is close to complete. Um, so we're going over the results of that with our consultants and they're wrapping up their work. Um, I, I can't get in great detail without the, without, without the report being finished, but our hopes is that the environmental issues there are gonna be less, I think, than any of us expected. Um, now the, the uh, Chris Richman and Polly Poskins and moving Pillsbury forward have been working so hard with a number of volunteer groups to clean up what they can at that site. And I was just out there last week, went out to see Chris and Polly and had a walk around and, you know, the, the, the big buildings are still there, but wow, what they've done with the neighbors and the volunteer groups to clean up the vegetation and turn that site around will make a big difference. When we get this environmental study done, the US EPA grant dollars will be out there to access for remediation and I, I believe the opportunities for redevelopment of that site, cleanup and re redevelopment of that site are very, very good. And that's why the Growth Alliance got involved is because we have a vision out there that meets with Movement Pillsbury Forward, a vision of removing that blighted situation and bring something back that can respect the neighborhood and the neighborhood can be proud of. We're expecting a key vote tonight in the Springfield School Board on this request for a uh, property tax abatement for the Shields Legacy Point Sports Complex. Do you have a sense as to how this is going to go? That vote was uh, pushed back by a couple of weeks to do some fine-tuning yeah. on the agreement, but uh, does it look like that's going to move forward? Well, you know, uh, my understanding from both parties is that they've come to terms on the, the legal agreement, and that's great news. Uh, I don't have an indication that... that uh, 
things are, are going to go one direction or the other. I try not to get in the business of counting votes. I just try to be ready to answer questions the best that we can. But knowing that both parties agreed to terms on the contract is a very optimistic sign. And I will say, uh, Jim, that uh, this agreement does contain property tax abatement, but it's much different than a typical agreement because this allows the 186 athletes and students to use the facility. So really it's a business relationship between the school district and the development team. It's way different than any other project. If we asked for property tax abatement for a factory, you wouldn't see the students using the factory. So it's a unique situation, which makes it more complicated and then required a little bit more time to get it sorted out. All right, we'll uh, have the results of that vote uh, in our newscast tomorrow morning here on WMAY. One other uh, project I want to ask you about real quickly, uh, because it's near and dear to those of us here at the radio station who are not far from the site, this Riverton truck stop project at I-72. It would have some restaurants, gas station, a lot of amenities there. Uh, And we thought that it might be uh, up and running by now. It's still not. What's the latest on that? So we, uh, we speak with Mr. Or Mayor Rader about that project frequently, and my understanding is first week of October, they're looking at opening that facility. Like all developments, they're into some supply chain issues on supplies, but uh, everyone's anxious to get that up and running. I think that's going to be a great development and a great example of how communities in the more rural areas can really drive economic development. The village really did a great job of setting that site up for success. So we hear the first week of October, it should be open. You'll be able to stop and get your fuel for your car and coffee and fuel for yourself all at the same place. Yeah, we heard the supply chain and also a little bit of a challenge just in getting uh, people hired and trained uh, properly for it as well. I know that's an ongoing problem here locally, too, just even though we have added jobs in the community, finding the people to fill those jobs and to get those jobs done. I know this is something you've uh, addressed quite a bit. Are we seeing any improvement, any headway on that issue? I think it's getting a little bit better. It's just still a challenge for pretty much every business. Um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, interest rates and, and inflationary costs uh, cause some of the business cycles to slow a little bit, which could, um, you know, lower those those needs for workers. We hope that doesn't happen, but that potential could happen. But yeah, it's still a struggle, and employers are just getting more and more creative about ways to attract workers. Um, but there, there's still a number of them that are having good success doing it too. So. Um, it's just the situation that we're in, not that it makes anybody feel any better, but everybody I talk to around the country is having the same issue right now. Ryan McCready, Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. If people want to learn more about the work your important organization is doing, where do they go? They can go to thriveandspi.org to learn more about the Growth Alliance. Check out our Thrive and SPI page and consider becoming a Thrive ally.